Welcome to OK Stupid, a guide to self-sabotage in the world of online dating. The names have been changed throughout this story. I should have changed my own. I started sending messages every day to any woman that caught my fancy. 80s dance party mentioned in her profile that you should contact her if you could discuss the differences between leotards and unitards. Finally, somebody I could have an adult conversation with. This is the message I sent her. Hello. Leotards, or as they're originally referred, Hey, you see what that freak show Leo is wearing again? <laughs> Why does his mom let him go out dressed like that? I heard his father ran away with a trucker, or a waitress, or a trucker waitress. I've been around since, well, the time of Leo. They have little to no socially redeemable value. On the other hand, a unitard is a highly practical item of clothing that will be all the rage when we are ruled by a benevolent fascist dictatorship. Mass adherence to the Atkins diet is the first step on our way to a world united by unitards. Am I right? Cheers, Anthony. I never got a response. More clicking and another profile caught my eye. Tomato Bugs specified that she wanted a relationship with a grown-up and was thinking about moving west. Can you get a relationship with a grown-up on the internet? I'll have to update my wish list. Howdy. I'm not afraid of being a grown-up, but many grown-ups scare me. They confuse being a grown-up with an obsession to talk about traffic. It happened to me once. I refused to acknowledge myself for a whole week after. I'd catch a glance at myself in a mirror and think, <laughs> Oh, great. You again. You captured my summary perfectly with this line. I take my work seriously, but not myself. Only way to live. How far west are you thinking of moving? Montana west? California west? Or West Village West? She didn't reply, but it didn't matter. I was talking to women. Communicating to women. Uh, at women. There was at least one half of a conversation being had. This was not something I could do in a bar or in public. I'd been out with friends who could chat up any cute woman at a bar. In a bar, I'm the guy standing around with that dumb look on his face. Hmm, this beer is really hoppy. I don't know what hoppy is, but I had a rabbit once. Its name was Smurf. decided I should contact someone quirky. Screen name, not Sue Klepter, was pictured with a plastic colander on her head. Clearly she was someone I could match wits with. Dear not Sue Klepter, a colander fashioned from metal provides dual-use protection from thought-stealing smugglers and spoons. In your photo, it looks as though you're wearing a plastic one. What does that protect you from? Conversation? I also like the Rite of Spring. In particular, that the audience rioted at the premiere. We need more classical music riots. I'm unsure when to use the hyphen. You? Cheers, Anthony. She never responded. Maybe the colander was more than a fashion statement. Mel Kenner79 claimed her smoothies are the best, but I bet they never brought the boys to the yard. Probably. <laughs> what am I thinking? <laughs> 
<laughs> Let me try that again. Mel Kenner 79 claimed her smoothies are the best, but I bet they never brought the boys to the yard. Probably because she was making them watch her favorite movie, What About Bob? Hello. I won't argue with you, but the best movie ever is Real Genius. Val Kilmer at his finest. It's a shame he was eaten by a guy that looks like him. What makes your smoothies the best? Are they super organic, wild Alaskan, macrobiotic, and fed a steady diet of dolphin tears? If so, that sounds really unappetizing. Cheers, Anthony. I never got a response. Glass Overs mentioned the word creep a lot. A lot, a lot. And that she didn't want a male friend that secretly pined over her. Hi, I'm intimidated, but your liking Lebowski, Muddy Waters, and Arrested Development makes me press on. That and this whole internet thing allows me to be a creep, but not a total creep. I've never pressed that wink button because I'm afraid it alerts the authorities. It should. In summation, the end. P.S. Aren't male friends that secretly pine over you kind of creepy? I find it creepy when my male friends do this. I never got a response. Screen name, the last one is Space, wrote in her profile that she did not want to be contacted by anyone on the National Registry of Sex Offenders. I sent her this message. Hi, maybe one day I can make the National Registry. For now, I'll just settle for the amateur leagues. I'm kidding. Of course I'm on the national list. Another joke. Jokes and emails don't work. But I promise, I am not a sex offender. Now, as to whether or not your Brita filter is poisoning you, when you use said filter, what type of footwear are you wearing? If you read the fine print, you'll see that the fine folks at Brita strongly suggest a rubber-soled shoe. Everyone overlooks this. Unless you are burning the plastic and huffing the fumes, you should be okay but New York City tap water is clean and does not need to be filtered. I used to live in D.C. That water had lead in it, and now I can smell colors. Was this a test? Cheers, Anthony. Eight messages sent, zero responses. On the bright side, only one of them deleted their account. My friend Kurt, the one that convinced me to try online dating, the one who got a date every night with a profile that only showed the back of his head, he told me that I couldn't send messages like the ones I'd been sending. Instead, he suggested writing something like, Hi, how are you? What are your plans this weekend? That approach sounded creepy to me. But it worked for Kurt. Maybe my face isn't as good looking as the back of his head. Of course, Kurt also mentioned in his profile that he was an Ivy League educated attorney. Under the section titled, What Am I Doing With My Life? I added, If you ride your bike on the sidewalk, I will push you into traffic. Step 2. The Online Dating Profile Questions the people that design dating sites will one day run the DMV or work the customs line for a third world country. Each service asks, in some cases requires, you to answer a series of inane questions. 
friends have told me that some services have even rejected them based on their answers. To me, there should be only one question. Have you exhausted all other avenues of finding love? Can answering hundreds of multiple choice questions get you closer to a life partner? Who has time to think about that question? We're all too busy answering those endless questionnaires. Do you think women have an obligation to have their legs shaved? Choice one, yes. Choice two, no. Choice three, too busy shaving legs. Should guys have facial hair? Yes. No. Only if it's their ladies' leg hair. Do you like horror films? Yes. No. Are the woman's legs shaved? These are serious questions written by serious people for a serious purpose. Your future. <laughs> All multiple choice questions should be approached with a sense of reverence and wonder. The first 18 years of my life were spent answering multiple choice questions. One time, I messed up and my life took a dramatic turn. It was the 8th grade. The teacher passed out a Scantron. You know, those number two fill-in-the-bubble fun time tests? She passed out the Scantron with a test booklet and said, Don't worry, this is for fun. Just answer the questions as best you can and have fun with it. Have fun with your bubble filling fun time fun. That's what I heard her say. Have fun with the test. I was 13. No one had ever told me to have fun with a test before. Rare was the moment in school that anyone suggested having fun at all. Have lunch, have a walk to the principal, have a cupcake because it's Jane's birthday and her mom made cupcakes. Have those things, but never have fun. Scantron tests were never meant to be fun. These were serious tests. The results were sent off to a lab in Iowa where they calculated corn futures and insurance adjustment rates for those living in the floodplains. These were serious things. Only use a number two pencil and fill in your answers completely. No check marks, stray marks, or skid marks. The Scantron scanner is a temperamental piece of equipment that can easily be fooled by random scratches of graphite and will explode if exposed to the density of the dreaded number three pencil. A pencil that can only be purchased behind a curtain at adult bookstores. All that was behind me on that late fall day. I sat at my desk on the second floor of Washingtonville Junior High School, took my number two pencil to the answer sheet, and had fun. C, 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 all the way down the page. See, I recently watched Summer School, and two of the scamps in that film, while running out of time to complete a test, answered C for all the remaining questions. That was my version of fun, to live out the scene in a movie. No, I did not consider that the title of the film was a punishment for poor students. Nor did I consider that I could have drawn something, like boobs or a penis in the answer bubbles. Instead, I went for a John Cage-like repetition. It was fun. It was rebellious. That's what the school gets for having me take a test for fun. I found out the next year the exam was not for fun. No. It was for everything. In the ninth grade, I was no longer in the gifted program. I was assigned to metal shop. Being of slight build and a non-smoker, I didn't stand a chance. Day one was how to make a shiv. Day two, you're shivin' you. Day three, 
Stop testing your shiv on Anthony because he's crying and it's causing the shivs to rust. If you don't answer the online dating questions, your profile will be incomplete and you'll have to repeat the 12th grade. Or the site will remind you with icons, text, emails, and late night phone calls that complete profiles get a higher response rate. How many questions do you have to answer to have a complete profile? Rumor has it that there was this one guy in the Niagara Falls area that answered all of the questions and got a complete profile. People said he was never the same after that. The rest of his days were spent endlessly showering on the American side of the falls. The goddamn American side. The view is on the Canadian side. Kurt shared with me his method for tackling the endless questions. Anthony, I'm at least a 90% match with everyone. Everyone. How is that possible? I'd known Kurt for years. He's a close friend, and I'm not sure that we'd be a 90% match. He told me, I only answer the questions that everyone will answer the same way. Questions like, Tuesday follows Monday. Agree or disagree? I remembered that question. I answered that question with a maybe and an explanation. Maybe Tuesday follows Monday if you're a goddamn fascist without any sense of adventure. Many a Wednesday has followed a Monday for me. Even simple questions Kurt would skip. A question such as, which is better, chocolate or vanilla? He would avoid so as not to affect his match percentage potential. Everyone knows vanilla is for kids, but maybe there's a cute vanilla girl out there. His cavalier attitude blew me away. Being a Harvard man, I figured he would have known that this was a trick question. In post-racial America, the right answer is the swirl. I think now's a good time for a little sidebar. The Mystery Math Explained Part 1. The mystery math that defines us from credit reports to match compatibility fascinates me. Fascinates me the same way a moth keeps flying into a light bulb. To help make sense of online dating math, I recruited a whole cast of imaginary math wizards. These Matthews are locked away in a subterranean lab where I send them on missions in order to explain the unexplainable. Okay, Cupid like the majority of dating websites, uses highly sophisticated algorithms in order to help narrow down your choices and find your ideal partner. While we've reached a state in our evolution where a black box algorithm is considered more accurate than our own instinct, we'll be left up to our future artificial intelligent robotic overlords to ponder. The percentages that are prominently displayed above every profile are based on the answers to online quizzes and complex mathematically theorem called Planck's Nonsense. Planck's nonsense is best expressed as a series of gurgles and slurps caused by feeding a baby a mixture of mush peas and pureed beets. Those gurgles and slurps can then be translated into a string of zeros and ones and twos and fours. And do you have any sevens? No? Ha! Go fish. Put simply, if you like the music of the band Cake and a potential suitor also likes said music, your match percentage is higher than a suitor that does not like that music but loves the food product called Cake. 
If you like cake, the band and the food, and the suitor prefers vegan cookies and Lady Gaga, then the math increases your enemy percentage. Make sense? No. All of it is nonsense. If your potential suitor is attractive enough, who cares about their taste in food and music? In a later chapter, these masks will be explained in an even more fantastical detail. This is Reg Ferguson, and I know how to count. Rewind. How to choose a screen name. Before you upload your photos, before you start entering that endless black hole of answering questions, before you begin to describe yourself, there's a screen name. For your LinkedIn or Facebook accounts, this is easy. You use your real name because you want to be found. With online dating, you want to be found, but just not in the real world. The online dating screen name is your new identity. After clicking that first link, the one that says, sure, I'll give this online dating thing a whirl, you have to identify yourself. The screen name is your self-summary. Tell us who you are. Imagine if you had to do this seconds after being born. All right, you wet, crying, half-blind mess, identify yourself. It's insane. You go for the standard screen name, some combination of a nickname plus the year you were born, something like Mama's Little Soldier 80. That name tells a lot about a person, namely that they should be put on a watch list and then that watch list should be put on a watch list. How about something location-based? Park Slope Honey is probably a lovely woman that resides in the Brooklyn neighborhood of Park Slope and likes honey. Organic honey that she got at a discount working her hours at the Park Slope Food Co-op. She joined the co-op because of Brad. Brad was a young and cute and idealistic until he started sleeping around with that whore Namibia. What kind of white girl is called Namibia? Screen name Big Sausage 10 Inch is more aspirational than realistic. That guy's lying about his height, his weight, his income. He's lying about everything. He's probably a vegan. Overly cute is also an option. Hugsy Wugsy Boo likes cuddle parties and smells like pastry. If it weren't for the collection of cherub-like Christian figurines filling every available space in her apartment, I would marry her. Then there are the people that messed up. Their brain had a glitch and misread the field-labeled screen name and they entered their real name. The options then are to be smart and delete your account, pretend like nothing happened, begin again, or to be bold that is drunk, and go forward. Let the internet know that your real name is Tracy Michelle Abramowitz. I never clicked on that profile. I'm not even sure what gender that person is. The profile photo is a flash reflected in a mirror. I think Tracy suffered from a few technical issues. The internet waited as I faced the innards of my brain to conjure up my ideal screen name. Harry Little Man 75? Sounded a little too personal. Bitter and lonely? Sounded too honest. Mama's little soldier? That one was taken. This was going on way too long. Screw this. I decided to just use the first thing that I saw. That's how KRKRP6 became my screen name. That combination of letters and a single digit was the model name of the speaker sitting on my desk. 
About two months later, I learned that people thought KRK was short for Kirk. I got this message. Hello, fellow Trekkie. Love your profile. How has your day been? Klingon you Clara. Huh. Klingon you Clara had the perfect screen name. It said she was a Star Trek nerd, clingy, and her name was Clara, with a K. Clever and creepy all rolled into one. I never responded. Another sidebar. Top five online dating warning signs. After interviewing close to no people at all, here is a list of the top five warning signs that people write in their online dating profiles. Know the difference between your and your. Translation, I want to be beaten. Relax. It's online dating. Most people refuse to use capital letters and brag about it. A better qualifier would be to know the current makeup of the Italian parliament. And by the way, that's Y-O-U-R versus Y-O-U apostrophe R-E. Trutti's length profile. I came across one that weighed in at over 8,000 words. 8,000 words to whet someone's appetite and give a high-level overview of who you are. I got the overview, all right. Diagnosis, that shit insane. I'm a good time looking for some fun, you know? <laughs> no, I don't know. Is your version of fun fondling cars in Times Square? Prank calling the police? Giving horses lake sugar cubes? If so, I've been looking for you. Photos limited to shots above the chin with the head tilted to the right. Limited photos give credence to my theory that there is a secret race of humans that consists solely of a head. No body. Just a head that may or may not be connected to a bowl of jello. I love to travel plus unemployed. (laughs) This is a frequent combination used by young photogenic females. Based on the style of their writing, they haven't completed the eighth grade, but are ready to travel the world with the right man. The right man being any sucker willing to pay their freight. Then again, if I were a photogenic female, I'd go this route. Life is too short to worry about dignity. I'm Reg Ferguson, and I don't worry about length. Profile length.
online dating was the logical course for me. I had my first computer when I was five. All through elementary and junior high school, while other kids joined sports clubs, played spin the bottle and those other normal things I'd hear about the next day at school, I would spend weeks playing text-based adventure games and staring into the glow of a computer screen. This behavior did not help me understand girls at all. The interactions I had with the opposite sex consisted of the clunky graphics of strip poker on my friend's Commodore 64. When I couldn't beat the game and watch the virtual ladies take their clothes off, I learned to hack the computer code to make them start the game off naked. (laughs) Winner. Doing this in the real world requires some high-grade pharmaceuticals and violating a number of state and federal laws. I advise against that approach. Look, I'm a dork. Online dating was created by and for men like me. Yes, computer dorks created online dating. That's another episode of OK Stupid, a guide to self-sabotage in the world of online dating. Thanks to Reg Ferguson, and uh, thank you for listening. Bye.